Yo, what's going on? It's your main man, Rick the Dawn. Hey, what's going on, y'all? So I finally caught up, and uh, let me tell you, I'm I'm just like just trying to figure out my emotions about this whole situation because I feel a lot of ways right now, man. Before I even get into my rants and how I feel about these this episode, uh, check out wordy.com. It's my new website. I need everybody to support it. But no, um, men are dogs, ladies, and I hate to say it, but it's true. I don't know if all men are dogs. I can't go that far. But I can say slightly, I can say to some extent, all men were dogs. And only the best or the, the chosen few learn from their past transgressions and become better people. But men are dogs, nonetheless. I just saw something that has hit me. And I do want I just want to apologize. This this episode will be a little off, man, because I feel a little off in how I feel right now inside. So it won't be it won't be smooth, it won't be coherent. I apologize in advance. So if you don't know, in this episode, Hall finds love with Michaela, a new young lady he's been seeing on the other side of the villa, 22 years old. And he's struggling with the internal feelings of how he feels for Michaela. 22 and the lady he's been with for eight years and Caitlin and he doesn't quite know exactly how you know to deal with these feelings because he knows that Caitlin is a good woman and this is what really irritates me uh more than anything is the fact that he knows I don't know if you can see that but he knows that Caitlin is a good woman but it doesn't seem to matter because of what I already know is the problem look Hall is going to try to convince these cameras of things that every man watching this show already knows. And what Hall is betting on and banking on is that women, especially Caitlyn, can't figure out. Men are driven by two things. It's really simple. It's not cooking. It's not this. It's not that. I don't know what you heard. But when it comes to the male psyche and how men view the world and how men view relationships, it all boils around sex. It just is what it is. It is what it is. I wish I could say different. I wish I could say that men are these very philosophical, uh, you know, complex beings. But they, they really aren't. Now, can we do amazing things, build skyscrapers and train stations and road? Yes, all that stuff is cool. But, man, let me tell you, at the base of a lot of guys, it's just two things, sex and a woman's body. That's it. That's it. And let me just take just a few seconds to address something real quick. And I, this has nothing to do with this video. I was thinking yesterday, um, you know, I, I don't know wh why this popped in my head, but it popped in my head. Oh, and I know what it was. I was watching some show and the young lady on the show was very, very thin. And I'm talking about small breasts, small body, small behind. And she was on a show with a lot of young ladies with bigger body parts, bigger breasts a big butt, that kind of thing. And I remember thinking to myself, and I said, if I ever get a chance to put this in context, I'll say it. But women, ladies, let's talk about something that, let's not even talk about it. Let me say something to you. Your body is amazing exactly the way it is. Um, the reason I'm saying that is because when I looked at the show yesterday, I saw a skinny young lady, kind of like bone skin, not too skinny, like unhealthy skinny. It was very healthy skinny. Um, you could tell that's how she was born. But her breast was smaller than the other castmates. Her butt was smaller than the other castmates. And I felt like she might deal with that in her own personal time in terms of not feeling like she's adequate to stand next to a woman with a bigger bust or a bigger behind. And I just thought to myself, how misguided is that? And this is probably why a lot of women go out and they get all this body stuff and they're, they're trying to change all this stuff because they think that that's what men want. Or maybe they think that's what they want when in reality, I personally believe women change things about themselves to please men, whether it be directly or indirectly. But what I would like to tell every single woman watching this is guys love all body, like body types. You know, I don't know how women see smaller body parts. Like I hear like size, but I hear all that stuff, but I can tell you with 100% certainty and you can ask any man and show him this part of the video. We love small breasts. We love big breasts. We love medium breasts. We love small butts. We like big. We like it all. And this is go, this goes back to my original point. There's only really two things that 
you know, God and man's behaviors, sex and a woman's body. That's, that's really, I mean, it's more complex than that. I won't make us appear to be like sex robots. We're not that. But instinctively, that's the only two things you really care about. So, you know, when I say woman's body, I can imagine a woman saying, well, my body's not that good. Trust me when I tell you, your body is amazing. <laughs> oh, wait, that sounds bad. No, the point is, man, we don't look at size necessarily. That's, that's not it. I'm going to tell you two secrets to be instantly attracted, attractive to any guy. First off, appreciate what you look like. That's whether it's small, big, large, in the middle. Appreciate what you look like and wear it with confidence. If you do those two things, you will be instantly more attractive to at least 60% of the men on this planet. Meaning when we see you, no matter if your, your, your breasts are the largest or the smallest or your behinds the smallest, the largest, you're, you're overweight, you're underweight. When we see you, do we see confidence? That's, that's the two things. We're looking for a woman that's, uh, that exudes confidence and that's secure. And I'm going to tell you something that you don't want to hear. The, the quickest way for a man to immediately place you in a bucket of, okay, she's one of those, is to have a lot of, you know, stuff. You know what I'm saying? Makeup, weave, fake this, fake that, nail. It's like it shows that you lack confidence in just being yourself. And I know you, you don't want to hear that. I've heard a lot of pushback from the women or the women's community about, hey, I know that guys say this about bonnets. Guys say this about this or guys say this. I'm just telling you so you know. Now, you don't have to accept it, but I'm letting you know that when it comes to women, when we see a lot of modifications, I, I know nails are awesome. I know they're, they're hip. I, I get it. Claws. I get all that. But when men see it, and I'm just giving you game. I'm just trying to help you understand the male psyche. When we see all that stuff, from weave on down, even jewelry sometimes, it's just like like nose piercings and stuff like that. We immediately start to detract from what this woman is capable of. She lacks something. Therefore, she must compensate with, i.e., or e.g., weave, uh, implants, this, that. We Now, we will still engage. We will still, you know, have sexual relations with this individual because, again, men are driven by these two things, sex women's body. We're, we're, we'll still engage, but I'm just letting you know that that's how it works. Now, I'm not saying the same is not true for men, but I'm not a woman and I'm not here to speak on your, you all's behalf. Now, in the comment section, sound off. Maybe when you see a guy with a hat on, it's like, is he, is he compensating for that? Is he got a big old chain on, tattoos? You might have the same feeling. I'm just letting you know from a male perspective so you know the game. So I say all that to say, believe it or not, it all ties into what I saw in this episode Paul, he's a dog, and he's going to try to postulate that he has these genuine feelings for Michaela, and that is the reason why he's ultimately leaving Caitlyn for Michaela. He's going to postulate that particular standpoint, and let, let me tell you the truth. Welcome to my show. I'm going to take the x-ray and put it over Hall and tell you exactly what the facts are. Let me tell you what it is. He's more sexually attracted to Michaela. That's it. That's it. Um, I don't know. Some guys have a certain preference. While we will pretty much accept anybody type, and this, this is a fact, um, there are such things called preferences. The first thing I noticed about Michaela, because I'm a, I'm a guy, the first thing I noticed about her was her breasts. That was number one. Number two was how confident she was wearing those breasts. <laughs> that sounds terrible. I know. But see, this is the problem with people. They want me to fit inside of a box. They want me to be who they, I can't be who you want me to be. I'm bricked at dawn. I'm an imperfect, flawed individual who speaks my mind. And I understand that some people can't accept that. So if you can't accept it, I accept that. But I'm going to tell you how I feel. That way I know at the end of the day, I told you how I felt. You see what I'm saying? I'm not that person. I'm not going to try to please people so much that I don't please myself. And you should be the same way. I don't know who isn't that way, who shouldn't be that way. But I'm just telling you that Hall made these decisions against Caitlyn because of sexual attraction. That is it. And in this case, here are the things that Hall is attracted to more so in Michaela than in Caitlyn. Breast, uh, face, he finds her more attractive facially, and youth. Those are the three things that makes Michaela more attractive to Hall than he is to Caitlyn. Her face is prettier to him. Her breasts are bigger, and he must be a breast man, apparently. Um, 
and youth. And, and youth is one that can be diverse into several different spaces. When I say youth, here's why I, this is why I say that. Number one, she's young acting. One of the first things I noticed about Kayla outside of, you know, the obvious is the way that she behaved. At the party, and I don't know what episode it was, Caitlin, I'm sorry, Michaela, the 22-year-old, at the party was twerking. And that is something that just drives a man insane because it, it, it hints on or hits on a few things I've already spoken on. Number one, um, it's sexual in nature. Number two, it shows confidence. Like a woman is not doing that unless she feels very comfortable in her body. So that is what immediately attracted Hall to Michaela, that youthful spirit, just being young and acting, you know, free and not being restricted because that's what comes with age with everybody. You become more sure of yourself. You understand what you like and what you don't like. And I just don't see a situation or a scenario where Caitlin is twerking at a party and getting loose. Even after she finds out that Hall is a douchebag, she still reserves herself or behaves herself gracefully. And there's something to absolutely love about that. But again, I'm speaking on what I see from the perspective of Hall. Okay. Now me personally, I would struggle here as well. I would say if I was, first off, I wouldn't be here on this Island. Um, but you told me, you know, you put Michaela on one side, you put Caitlin on the other side and you told me who they were. I had maybe two days with both of them, non-sexual days. And you said, pick which one you want to be with for the rest of your life. I would struggle as well, despite the fact that I really, really, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, kidding here. I really admire Caitlin. Here's what I would struggle with. You have a young lady that is beautiful. She's young. Um, her body's attractive. And she will probably bring out the youth in me, right? And she's sweet. And here is the kicker. Here's the kicker. This is what guys love about women. And it's a terrible thing, but it's true. I'm giving you all the secrets. And you don't got to take them. But I'm going to give them to you. This is one thing that guys love about women. Naivety. When, they, when we find a, a, a young lady that's naive and she doesn't seem to be focused or, you know, mentally, you know, uh, firm. We love that because guys love to manipulate women. So this is why you'll always see, or sometimes you'll see a older guy date a younger lady, because we know we can run fiddle or like we can run game on her and manipulate her and get what we want, which is ultimately figure it out. Right. So, and this is why a lot of guys in some, in some instances, they steer away from women who seem to be mentally focused and strong because we know we can't really manipulate them the same way. If you've ever saw a older guy with a younger lady, this is why. This is exactly why. He knows that he has more game to manipulate a person that's more naive. And that is what would draw me to Michaela. Like, I will be able to have some fun with this young lady. Sorry, sounds bad. It's the truth. It's just, it is what it is. But on the other side with Caitlin, I would say this young lady is beautiful. I mean, my type to a T. Um, loyal. I mean, goodness gracious, how hard is it to find a loyal person? I'm not even talking about a loyal woman, but just a loyal person on earth in 2023. How difficult is it to find a beautiful person that's loyal? It's almost impossible. So to see a, a, a lady like Caitlin, who's loyal and beautiful, that is almost like the, the impossible connection or the impossible trait to blend together or traits to blend together someone that's beautiful and loyal like when you find that what do you why are you even um you know entertaining anything else if you find those two traits and loyal like when you find that what do you why are you even um you know entertaining anything else if you find those two traits and we know caitlin is loyal because again even after the information that she gets from hall she continues to show grace and respect for not hall but herself. So I would have to start to figure that out. Okay, you got the beauty here. But this lady is also beautiful, loyal, goal-oriented, and successful. And I would probably, if I know myself, at this age, I'm going Caitlyn 100%. And here's why. Because I understand with Michaela, I would have fun in the moment. But when we're talking about long-term, you would lose in the long run. Caitlin is established. You can just tell. She just has a different fabric about herself. And, you know, the same thing that you like about a person can also hurt you. So while Michaela is youthful and she's, you know, very naive and all these different things, that is cool for a sexual experience for a week or two or even a year or two. But at the same time, that same naivety that you find so cuddly can also cut you because you put her in, a, in, a, in an uh, environment where you, you're not around and, 
you know, some other guy gets to talking to her, he's going to also notice that bubbly attitude and all these different things. And just how easy you were able to get her, you could look because of that. But when you got a woman like Caitlin, who's very firm and understands who she is as a woman, it's not going to be easy to, 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 to move her. Did you see how difficult Sebastian and Michael are working to get Caitlyn to just kiss them? Like, it's insane. Sebastian, who Caitlyn is physically attracted to, cannot really get much out of Caitlyn. And if it were not for Hall's confession and, you know, him dumping Caitlyn, Sebastian would have gotten nowhere. He would have died on first base. It's only after Hall comes to the island and spews the information that he does that he even gets to second base in the bed with her and kissing her. And that is so profoundly amazing to see that because it's like, you know, it's so difficult to find people like that. I'm not going to say women, it's going to people who respect themselves so much and respect their partner so much that they won't do things that they know will hurt them. We live in a world that's based on people who respect themselves so much and respect their partner so much that they won't do things that they know will hurt them. We live in a world that's based on or based in the realm of narcissism and self-pleasure. It's all about me, 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 attention, attention, attention. So to see somebody who, you know, also considers how their per their person views life and how their person might feel, it's such a beautiful thing to see, on, especially on a show like Temptation Island, because you come in expecting to see wild flirtatious parties. And then in the midst of all this, you see a young lady who is being hurt by a guy. And you just can't you can't help yourself but just be upset. I'm on a I'm on I'm on a guy's team. I'm a guy myself, so you know it behooves me to root for the guys. But man, I gotta call a spade a spade. Men are dogs. Paul is disgusting, and man, I mean, I don't know how he could do that to a young lady. He's robbed her. I'm gonna say Rob. He's robbed her of eight years of her life, and has given her nothing in return. Ultimately, right, man. It must be good to be able to find a woman like Caitlyn and then just toss to the side. It must be good. I don't know what that feels like because I would never do that to a woman of Caitlyn's caliber. That's just my personal opinion, man. It's, it's, it was really upsetting. And speaking of men or dogs, I, I, I'm going to go even further in saying that when I was watching this episode, one thing that stood out to me was how all coupled up and moved on despite their girlfriends being, you know, less than 100 miles away. The only person that I'll make an exception for is Rob. Rob is truly and genuinely hurting. So his behaviors make sense to me. He is someone who has tried, has tried his best to work, at, work, work things out with Vanessa. While Vanessa has changed and become a better person now, if you go back to episode one and two, you're like, I can see why Rob doesn't want to be with this person. She's very evil. She's nasty. So this is why Rob is ultimately behaving the way he's behaving now. So I'll give Rob a little bit of sympathy, grace, empathy, what have you. And even then, even with that sympathy, I still appreciate what Rob is doing. He's having fun. He's he's dating, right? But he's not crossing the line and doing things that would hurt his partner, despite the fact that she clearly deserves it. Um, but the other guys, when we talk about great, great is absolutely disrespecting Paris in every form and fashion. Now, Paris is not an angel in this situation, but let's be very clear. The most that Paris has done with Tajik is give him a kiss, a lot of kisses, a lot of nasty kisses. That's the most that Paris has done. But great has crossed the line and then crossed it again and then crossed it a third time. There's no redeeming qualities for, uh, for great. They keep talking about uh, wait till his family sees this, wait till her family sees this. I believe they're African. And it's my understanding that in that culture, you know, representation matters. And I, I don't know who, what his, what his family's going to say, but I can tell you this. It shouldn't be good because what I'm seeing is a guy that's absolutely embarrassing himself, his girlfriend and his family. That's just my personal opinion on that. All right. And, and then with Chris. Now, I'll give Chris some grace as well, considering that the reason that he's behaving this way is because Maricela has absolutely drugged this man's heart into the dirt. Um, but it could be rightfully so. It could be the fact that he was too controlling, too manipulative in her opinion. And that caused her to, you know, behave the way she's acting with. I think it's Cristiano. And after seeing what he what he uh, what Cristiano and his girlfriend were doing, he's like, yeah, I'm doing me. But it's funny how in these relationships, how fast the the, uh, the love switch can be turned off, because in this situation, you see it. You see just how fast Chris was able to move on. He saw what she did. And, you know, I'm starting to believe that uh, Maricela and Cristiano only 
physically do things, not sexually. They haven't penetrated or things like that. But I think they're doing everything but that. I'm not even sure that they're doing everything but that. I think I know for a fact they're touching. I know they're kissing a lot. I know they're probably grinding on each other, stuff like that. Um, but I think that's where it stops. But of course, that's still considered cheating. Of course, that's enough to affect a man. But I just noticed, I just noticed something, how fast and how easy it was for Chris to just move on to the young lady that he's talking to now. So, you know, man, 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 it's just like, we got to do better. I don't, it's hard to uh, say what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it. You know, man, we have to do better. We have to be more cognizant of how women feel, man. It's just like, and, and I know a lot of guys going to push back on that, but you know, I don't know about you, but I grew up watching my mother and I grew up watching her with a lot of types of guys. And I'm not saying she was with this guy, this, this guy. And when I say a lot, I mean four max. And I'm talking about from the time I was a baby to now. One of, one of them being my father, one of them being my stepfather, who she married and, you know, who she was married to before she passed. But in between that, I saw a couple guys. Right. And, you know, seeing these guys. I just I just wish she would have gotten a guy who really appreciated her for her. I really wish she had that because I'm not sure she really and truly got that. While my stepfather, who she died, um, married to, was the closest to it. Even then, there were times I just wish she had someone who was more compassionate, someone who cared about who she was. And, you know, I just I don't know, man. It's just watching how these women are being treated. Some of it is deserving. But I just think in general, I wish that men were just better to women. I really do. And I wish that um, they didn't do it in a way that was simp. You know, I don't wanna, I'm not saying be simps. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, flowers. And I'm just saying understand as a man that they're different. You know what I'm saying? And understand that they don't, you know, they're, they're not sexually driven necessarily. They desire nurturing. You know, they're like flowers to some extent. And men are not like flowers. Men are like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's so, you know, in this show, what we're seeing is guys, men coming over and just pissing on these flowers, you know what I'm saying? And then walking off. And I just wish it wasn't that way. Um, but it is. And, and then you wonder, or I should say, as men wonder why women have become the way that they are. You know, women have built up this massive shield globally where you're seeing women just, you know, lashing out and behaving in ways just like, yo, it's so erratic. You're seeing women almost acting like men, and it's weird. You know, it's weird. I'm not even talking about lesbian uh, women. I'm talking about heterosexual women acting more like men. And I think it's because they've went through years of trauma, and not necessarily from the guys they were dating, them too, but from their father who probably was there, wasn't there. So you're just seeing women just, you know, just just lashing out to some extent. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that men just don't do their job, man. They they're not treating them the way they're supposed to. I'm not even talking about financially. You know, money is not, you know, what life is about. You When you die, you can't take a cent of it with you. Pablo Escobar should tell you that. It's not about, life is not about money. It's about purpose, man. You know, you know what's more valuable than a billion dollars? Purpose. You know what I'm saying? Purpose is more valuable than any amount of money. You see what I'm saying? Like, you can retire. You you wonder why people like Elon Musk and some of these billionaires are still going to work because purpose is what drives them. OK, it, it would be nothing for Warren Buffett to sit on a boat and just collect, you know, collect dividends and live his life. But then he would probably pass on from no purpose, nothing to do. So I don't you know, I'm not saying in that way, support a woman financially. That's not it. What I'm saying is just just be kind to her, you know, as, as best as you can. I wish we had more of that. And I'm not sure I'm seeing it, man. It's so upsetting. And, you know, maybe I wouldn't feel this way if I didn't have daughters. But let me tell you something. I'm going to try my best not to be that that father. But when my daughter brings a guy to me, I'm not going to get a shotgun and, and just sit in my lap and talk to him. But I am going to analyze his, his mentality and his behaviors because the minute I see something, and I mean, I'm not going to be that overjudgmental father. A lot of those people, parents, not even just fathers, mothers too. They look for everything wrong. See, I'm not that person. I'm not, I'm not going to expect this person to be perfect. I want to hear mistakes. And my point is, if I don't hear mistakes and I don't see mistakes, that's going to cue me in on some things. Like this person is trying to sell me something. Show me who you are. And, I, and, and I'm going to figure that out organically. Like I'm going to go on trips with this person, see if he looks at some women. If he don't, I'm going to say, oh, no, nah, bro, something wrong. You know, uh, you know, I don't know, man. But Let's 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 stop with my rant. I told you it would be that way. And hopefully you respected my rant. I don't even know if it made sense. I won't know until I watch this back. But I will tell you that 
as men, we have to do better to our women and, and be more nurturing to them from, from the start. You see, because a lot of times what happens is once a woman finally gets a good guy, she's all she screwed up. She can't. And this is both ways, by the way, because you got some good guys out there who finally get to a woman. And it's like, yo, I don't know what to do with this chick because she just doesn't respect. She doesn't do. And it's mainly because it, it, it happens all the time. So I just really hope that um, we do better overall. And I'll make my final point here. You know, a lot of times a woman will finally get a good guy and she's been through so much trauma with her exes, ex-husband, father, that she doesn't even know how to treat a good guy. She doesn't even know how to even be vulnerable and submissive to that guy because she's been the dog in her house or she's had to be on the aggressive side of things, the aggressor. It's difficult. You know, it's just it sucks. It really sucks. But I'm going to start off talking with uh, talking about um, Vanessa and Rob. So in this episode, Vanessa has made a full 360, 180. I don't know what you call it. It's a 180, right? <laughs> I'm not a good mad person. But you've seen her go through this maturation that I'm so happy to see. She came in very aggressive on the attack, shredding this man apart. And she shredded him so bad that I'm not even sure there's a way to redeem um, you know, this relationship, Rob is definitely on the fence. He's falling in love with a young Latino lady. Um, but at the same time, he knows that his heart belongs to Vanessa. And, you know, Vanessa is finally starting to realize just how important Rob is to her. That same person she's been pushing away and clawing at and trying to belittle and berate. You heard what she said in the beginning. She was like, you know, I don't usually date this low. Like Rob is beneath me. My friends would look at Rob and say, yo, what's going on? Like, you heard all those things come from Vanessa. And, man, what dirty and disgusting things to say about your man. On national TV, one of the worst things a, a, a couple can do is talk bad about each other to other people. You know, I have a special place in my heart of dislike. I have a special dislike for people who do that. You know, when you're in a relationship with somebody, that has to be your number one. You know, that has to be your ace. And the minute you betray that by spreading things, whether true or untrue, to other people, it is the most greatest betrayal that you can be you can ever, uh, you know, exude. on. So it's, it's the most disgusting thing you could do, because when you're telling people about that person, you have to understand you're only telling them your version. And most people are not mature, emotionally mature enough to tell a person both sides of a story. So naturally, they're going to tell this biased point of view, which is what going to do. Get, what you think is going to happen when you do that? You're going to get biased feedback. And that person is going to give you something that makes you feel good. So then you're going to take that misguided information from this person who's probably single, probably ain't got no man, right? You're going to take their information, this expert information on how to be single, of course, and then bring it into your relationship and exude that energy. And then now that person's like, yo, who am I talking to? You know who you're talking to? You're talking to her single best friend who has no man at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... That's one of the most disgusting things I've saw or seen from Vanessa. The fact that she berated her love, the guy she's supposed to be in love with, on national TV. And Rob made a very distinct, uh, distinct uh, what's the word? Um, he made a, a very distinguishing point when he stated that sometimes he would stand up for himself and argue with Vanessa when she was wrong. And I saw her wrong and I saw Rob argue with her. But he said he ultimately had to concede because otherwise the argument would go on forever. And you can tell Vanessa is the kind of person who will hold a grudge and argue with you till the end of eternity. All right, that Bronx, New York accent comes out, that Puerto Rican, that come out, you're not winning, right? So you can tell that Rob has figured it out, like if I don't concede and just say you're right and fall back, then the arguments would last for an eternity. So I've seen what he said in action. I've seen him actually have to do that. And for her to do that on national TV was just difficult for me to see. And I'm so happy that he was able to find someone who appreciated him. Um, you know, something interesting happened in this episode. Um, and I was like, it made me think about myself. At Bonfire, Rob made some very distinguishable uh, points. He's just kind of stated that when I'm with this person, I'm happy. And a lot of times when you're with the wrong person or you're with somebody who perhaps is not quite where they need to be to be with you, you often find that you have to sacrifice your happiness. You have to sacrifice certain things that make you happy. And I mean, generally speaking, that's what a relationship is. If you get into a relationship with somebody and you're not, you're not changing yourself, you're not sacrificing anything, yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, that's what marriage is to some extent. You bring these two individuals and you combine them. 
And you got to know that when you combine these two forces, a lot of things are have, will have to be uh, sacrificed. So, you know, I hope that what Vanessa does is sacrifice some of the things that she hasn't yet. I feel like Rob has done most of the sacrificing in this relationship. Uh, he sacrificed the fact that he is manly because you've seen this guy like crying and stuff. He was sad and sulking when he was with Vanessa. So he's had to sacrifice a lot of his manliness just to make her comfortable. And what I hope she does is sacrifice some of her manliness because Vanessa's manly, let me tell you. But, you know, you saw a complete turnaround in this episode where she's like, I'm wrong. I need to talk to this guy. I need to apologize. And the only question I have is, is it too late? Only question. Okay, the next couple is great in Paris. Man, this relationship is deader than a, a dead rat in New York on a piece of... <laughs> man, this relationship is done, man. So great is full throttle with Nafisa. He's painting her Titanic style with leaves on her body parts. I mean, it's just the greatest level of disrespect. I don't even know. It's, it's like it's in her Titanic style with leaves on her body parts. I mean, it's just the greatest level of disrespect. I don't even know. It's, it's like it's insane because it's almost like this relationship between Great and Nafisa is straight straight from a ghetto version of Titanic. Listen, they 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 have sex inside of a car and Great touches the window and leaves the fingerprint mark. And then later in this episode, Great is painting Nafisa naked with the little leaves on her and Nafisa's laying on the couch. I'm like, yo, what, what is going on? Is this like a Titanic reenaction? So it's crazy. And then on the other side, you have Paris who's seeing all this and then at the same time getting very close with Taiji. Now, <laughs> Um, this is a very difficult one for me because let me tell you what I'm seeing from a male perspective. Tajik did something in this episode that confused me a little bit. He, you know, they went on a date and he painted a picture of um, a home that both he and Paris shared in Miami. And his whole thing was, hey, I know you want to move to my Miami. And, you know, what he's communicating to Paris is that I want to move in a home with you in Miami. And I just can't figure out if Tajik is being sincere, I cannot figure it out because the way he looks and the way he behaves are completely different from one another. On one hand, you see this guy who is very tall. Um, he looks like an F boy and he even acts like an F boy from time to time. But on the other end, you don't see him pressuring Paris to uh, do anything that would disgrace her on national television or anything that would cause her and her relationship to end or her, her relationship with uh, great to end. You don't see him pressing. Paris like that. It seems like Tajik is kind of playing the back. And the only time you see them engaging is when Paris feels comfortable. And it's something that I really find admirable about that, because it's like based on Tajik's look, you would think he would be pressing and trying to, you know, yo, so what you going to do with your man? He ain't doing he's not doing any of that. What he's doing is he's playing the back. He's chilling. But but being a man, I can't help but wonder, does he really want to uh go that far with Paris does he really want to um you know move in with her I'm not sure I just don't see it I don't see it I don't know and this is where knowing him personally would help and I don't know him personally but it's difficult to read and I'm, I'm not telling you that I know for sure on this one I would like to think so but I'm gonna go with no I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with not and perhaps some of the reason why he's not pressing her sexually is because he knows that he might not be fully engaged there in the first place. If you go back to the beginning of this season, when Paris is trying to pressure him to really stand on the fact that he wants to be with her, he doesn't commit. He's just kind of like, you know, let's go with the flow. And anytime a guy says, let's go with the flow, that is because he's not really sure about you. He's not really um, in the mindset to be with you exclusively. Anytime. I don't care. I've never, there's not a guy on earth in all of history who's told a woman that he's in love with that he likes, that he finds madly attractive, that let's go with the flow. Not one guy in history, not one, okay? That's a fact. Now, ladies, um, before I move on to the next couple, let me just give you some things to look out for, okay? When it comes to a guy, we are extremely sure about who we like, and we are sexually driven, and nothing can stop that sexual drive, and I do mean nothing but Jesus Christ himself. Outside of Jesus Christ, there's nothing that's going to stop it. So um, if you want to know whether a guy is serious about you, if a guy really wants to make you his, let me tell you what you do. This is the easiest thing you can possibly do. You ask a guy simple as this, where do you see us going over the next five years? And I want you to ask this. I know you're going to feel like it's a cringe question, but this is how you find out a guy's true intentions. And if you don't do this, you deserve to go for the long fiddle ride that you're going to go on. Ask a guy, do you see yourself marrying me? 
Do you see yourself being with me long term? Do you see yourself having children with me in the future? If you want that, of course, you have to ask those questions. And if he says anything short of yes, yes and yes. Yes, I want to marry you. Yes, I want to be with you long term. Yes, I want to have children with you. He, if he doesn't say yes to those three questions, you better get on the very first thing smoking because only little boys can answer those questions definitively. Even a grown man who's sure about himself and is confident and is a decent individual will tell you, no, I don't see us having children. No, I don't want to marry you. These kind of things. And when they tell you that, you have to understand that they mean what they're saying when they tell you that. Now, God is kind of waffling like, well, you know, it, you definitely leave that guy. All right. You definitely leave him. As far as the guy who will tell you no to your face straight up, you have to make some some considerations. You have to ask yourself, do you want to go for this long ride that you're going to probably go on? But if you want to know if a guy truly loves you and all that kind of stuff, just ask him straight up. If you're with a guy, you just met him. Let's say you've been dating for about five months. Right. And you're starting to get those feelings. In fact, you probably already had those feelings. And you're not sure if he shares those feelings because he kind of plays it from you know right to left. He's kind of like here sometimes, he's kind of there sometimes. If you want to cut through all the BS, just ask him those questions. Hey, um, so no pressure, but would you marry me? I'm not, I'm not asking you, I'm not proposing to you, I'm just asking in general, would you marry me? And even more so, can, like not, not can you marry me, but how about this? I want to be married soon. Maybe the next three years. Will you do that? Will you will you make will you will you make that happen? If he doesn't say yes, leave. I'm serious. Leave. Because what that tells me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what it means. If, if a woman asks me, if I'm dating her, and, and I know it's gonna be cringe, but I'm just trying to tell you how to cut through the BS. Now you can do what you want to do. I'm just giving you the game. All right, that's it. If you ask a guy, you're dating him, or I should say, if a lady's dating me and she asks me, "Would you marry me?" Uh, you know, in three years, to some, you know, would you marry me? Listen, I'm going to say yes, except if I'm asked by a woman that I'm not, in, I'm not into. If I'm asked that question by a woman that I find attractive, that I like from every person, you know, every standpoint, inside and outside, the answer is 100% yes. It's going to always be yes. But I can picture some young ladies that I was not quite into, but I like them sexually. And I'm sorry, that sounds bad. If those ladies were to ask me, Rick, would you marry me? Like in five years, three years, next year, would you, would you really, would you marry me? Would you settle down with me? I would have been like, you know, I just, this is exactly what I'm gonna say. This is, and if you hear this, run. I would, I would say, look, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I really, I, I find you, you know, you, you're everything I ever wanted. I like you. Um, I do think it's a little too early to be talking about marriage. I mean, we just met about five months ago. Um, I think we need to give each other some time and figure out where things go. If you hear anything to that extent, run for the hills. This is not your guy. No, 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 no. Don't argue with yourself. Don't say, well, it is kind of early. No, no, girlfriend. No, that's not it. Oh, no, I, I did kind of put pressure on him. No, baby girl. That's not it. Um, maybe that question was too forward. No, because men are not like women. We're not these overly complex beings that have to, you know, do the math and figure it all out. We're very simple people. So, you know, most of our questions can be answered with a simple yes or no. If you ask me something, I can give you a yes or no. If I'm a man, if you're dealing with a boy who doesn't really know what, what he's trying to do, where he's trying to go with life, then, you know, you're going to get a lot of boy answers. Well, you know, so that is how you cut through all the BS. Just ask direct questions that have lifelong uh, uh, ramifications. Ladies, if you want to know if your guy is a man or a boy, you want to know if the guy you just met is the right one for you, ask questions with lifelong implications. Like... Would you have children with me? Will you marry me? I should probably put those in different order. <laughs> All right, here we go. Will, will you marry me? And I'm not saying you're proposing. I'm just saying you're just talking casually. Will you marry me? These are lifelong implication questions, lifelong ramification questions. These are the kind of questions you ask a man to figure out if he's a man or a boy, to figure out if he's your guy or somebody else's guy and you're just borrowing them. Will you marry me? Okay. Um, do you see yourself with me long term? Okay. Will you have, do you, uh, would you have children with me? Those three questions will help you get to the bottom of every man on planet, on the planet, on planet earth. You ask a guy you're dating, those three questions. Will you marry me? Uh, leave him. 
All right. Will you be with, or you consider yourself with me long term? Well, you know, I don't know. Leave them. Would you have children with me and stick around? <laughs> or would you have children with me? Well, you know, yeah, I probably have children with you, you know, because got, got again, sex driven, but they probably, um, you know, it just depend. Leave them. OK, that is how you decide and decipher whether or not a man is a man for you or the man for you. Ask some lifelong uh, implicate. Uh, ask some questions that have lifelong implications that require him to settle. Because men want to roam. They want to be in everything. They want to touch this, touch that, touch her, touch that. So a guy that still has that mindset, I don't care how old he is, 60, 100, a guy that still wants to date every woman on planet Earth and all, he's still a boy at heart. So, you know, if you want to know if you got a man, and that's what I'm, I'm only talking to women who want to know if they got a man. If you're still out here in hot girl summer, you're still doing your Megan Me style and thing, go, go for it. I ain't talking to you. But a woman who wants a man and is dating right now and... Perhaps you've been dating for six months or something like that, and you just want to know where this is going because you're not quite sure. Hey, I just fixed your problem. Ask him three questions. And then, based on his answers, have the confidence to move, left or right. Would you will you marry me in, in three years? Because we've been we've been dating some time, and I know that you know you you probably wouldn't know that he doesn't expect you to notice, but you got a man, you got a friend named Rick the Don on YouTube. We're gonna tell you the truth. Men immediately know whether or not they want to marry you within the first five minutes of seeing seeing your face. On the first date, a guy will already know whether or not he wants to marry you. On the first date, so you hear any you hear any waffling, you should you, you should probably get a dodge. Okay, so will you marry me? Long term relationship. What do you see us with with, uh, with regards to children? Make your decision. That's it. Now you you do y'all do y'all do what you want to do, but that's what it is. All right, now uh, moving on to this next couple, man. This couple is so hard to read, man. Um, I saw something that helped me gain perspective on how Mari Selly. Uh, Maricela felt, and ultimately how this relationship got to where it was. So if you don't know, Maricela and Chris have ultimately broken up by this point, and it's because uh, Maricela felt captured by Chris as if she couldn't be herself. In fact, it seems like Maricela felt this way about a lot of people, um, even in her family, where she could, couldn't really be her true, authentic self, which, according to her, is a lesbian or bisexual, whatever. Whatever. All right, so that's who she really is, and she wants to be free and liber uh, liber liberated sexually. All these kind of things matter to her. And she felt like Chris was too restrictive. And here's what Chris used to do to her. He used to say, hey, don't you think you probably eat better? Don't you think you should probably exercise today? Should you go and try to get this job instead of the job that you have? He always put this measure of stand or the standard measure of her to make her feel like she had to keep improving herself. And something in this episode helped me figure out the way that Chris thinks. Chris is a nurturer. He's a healer. He's a person that's in tune with himself and also the world and the earth. You can tell he's a very earthy person. He's probably in his element being here in Hawaii or Maui. And, you know, he wants the same thing for his partner. Chris is the person that's like a yoga instructor. And he probably isn't in, in, in uh, real, real life. He's more or less like a some kind of instructor of some sort who can heal you from a uh, social standpoint. In a physical standpoint, so he's a he's like a guru kind of individual, right? He has the characteristic of a uh, of a cult leader, if you will. So I'm, I've noticed all those things, and here's when I noticed it. Um, at one point, Maricela and Cristiano are doing a little dance, and you know, you know, Cristiano's kind of going with the flow and just kind of having fun, right? And then they pan over to Chris and the young lady he's dating, and they're doing like some little like keto dance and whatever it was impromptu and you could tell the young lady was completely off sync she had a full dress on it's like i don't know if you ever saw uh billy blanks when he did um tybo like that it was like that kind of dance it was like a sexual version of that that latina he kind of exercise dance so chris is like doing all these moves like yo you gotta do like you know what i'm saying and she's like she's awkward because first off she's like a basketball player she's tall and like awkward looking like in terms of the way that she is proportioned like she's a tall young lady um attractive though i'm just saying she's kind of like she's just like she's not a dancer she doesn't have that fluidity and you got chris is like trying to make her do all these moves and i said to myself that's what he does in relationships he tries to force the person he's with to do things that he sees as beneficial so in chris's mind it's like you know you do these kind of things to get in shape and to stay healthy and those things are well-intentioned but 
She can't do those things, Chris. She has a dress on for one. So you have to read the room and say, wait a minute, let's let's wait till she gets in some more comfortable gear. Like Chris is definitely in the right gear to do all these things. She's in a whole dress. And I think I want to say like her heels were nearby. Like she was barefoot at the time, but you could tell she had heels on earlier. So, you know, but that's what Chris is. He's like, he's a he's a healer. He's a nurturer. He's someone, he, he's an improver. That's what he is. He's an improver. That's the one I've been looking for the entire time. He's a improver. So he's trying to improve her and just trying to get her out of her element. And what he doesn't do is take the time to see whether or not this person wants to be improved and is in the space to be improved. And that's what he does wrong. And, you know, Maricela, you know, she's obviously trying to find a outlet. So what she does is she's, you know, she's what is the word I'm looking for? She's having like this out of body reaction to Christopher or I should say not being around Christopher. And she's just letting loose with Cristiano. If you go back to episode one, the first thing that should stand out to you is how close Maricela and Christopher are. I mean, they didn't even want to separate. And now I can see that that behavior was Chris driven. Maricela didn't really feel like she should be that close to, uh, to Christopher. But Christopher is this person that puts these standards around you and that can make a woman feel caged in. I know because my first marriage was like that. I feel like my my ex-wife ultimately rebelled against me because I put all these standards around her and made her fit within this conformed you know, viewpoint from myself. And though I had well intentions, everybody can't measure up to your standards and your expectations. And I noticed that myself. So this relationship is pretty much doomed. But it would not surprise me one iota if after this show, um, you know, either has some kind of relations with Chris or you know, date him again. It would not surprise me that in five to 10 years, we look back on this season and Maricela and Christopher are right back where they started. And perhaps Christopher needed what Maricela gave him this, this season, which is a little bit of reality, a dose of who she truly is. So I think that's what's going to happen. Chris is going to see this. He's going to be upset. He's going to be hurt. But in about three years time, he's going to really do some self-reflection and realize that he's been a little constrictive. And he's going to probably open the, you know, the open the door and say, hey, I want you back and try to pursue her again. It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. And without question, don't think for a second that Maricela is going to leave this island, island with uh, Cristiano. I think she's going to leave and say she's going to choose herself. I think Cristiano is a fun distraction. And you've heard what Maricela has said. I don't believe it. But Maricela has already stated that her and Cristiano are doing everything but sex. I'm calling BS on it, but if she's telling the truth, then that should explain everything. That should tell you right there. She just wants to feel liberated. She just want to, she's like a bird, a beautiful bird, by the way, who's been in, the, in, the, in a cage. And the, the owner, thinking that the, the bird was faithful to him, has opened that cage door like, oh, she would never leave. But the minute she sniffs the air and the minute she comes out of that cage, she realizes, wait a minute. I've been in a cage the entire time. I don't want to be in a cage. I love my owner. I think he's dope. But at the same time, look at all this beauty that I'm being held back from. And that's what you're seeing from Marcella. That's the perfect analogy. She's outside of that cage, a Chris cage, and she's seeing all the stuff that Chris has prohibited from her. And she's enjoying it so much that she doesn't even care about the owner. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Because you would think, Maricela is going to just fly away like a songbird. But here's the crazy thing. She's already been conditioned to being in this cage. You say, you know what's going to happen? And you saw it happen in this episode. She starts to realize, wait a minute. I don't really like this. I mean, let me phrase this the correct way because I, I can only phrase it once. She's like, wait a minute. I do feel free. I do smell the air. But I kind of missed that cage, too. And you saw her break down and cry. A woman is not going to cry over a guy in any capacity if there's no feelings involved. Now, Maricela would have you to believe that she has pretty much moved on from Christopher to Cristiano. She would like you to think that. But the tears tell you everything. And if you can't figure out what a person is thinking, just watch the behaviors. The behaviors tell you everything. It's almost like a cheat code. You know, you're trying to look at somebody, trying to get away from them to tell you what they're saying. No, 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 no. The words that they're telling you are manufactured and modified to fit whatever context you need to fit. But the way you truly analyze a person and how they truly feel is how they behave. That tells you everything. And she breaks down and cries and you immediately can realize, like, wait a minute, she still has feelings for Christopher. Why? Why does she have feelings for God? And she says it's constricting her because you know what? That constriction is also protection. So that songbird that's locked in that cage, they're also locked away from dangers. They're also locked away from certain responsibilities. All right. That master is going to bring the food, all this kind of stuff. 
So, yes, that, that freedom does taste well. It does feel good for Maricela to rendezvous and rumble in the sheets with Cristiano. But she's starting to realize that Cristiano is probably just doing what he's supposed to do. Any guy who doesn't, you know, a single guy who doesn't take advantage of passes by a woman as beautiful as Maricela, something's wrong with him. So she probably is starting to realize that, like, this is short term, what she has with Cristiano. And she knows that at some point this island's going to disappear. All this stuff is going to be a facade. And she's going to have to come to terms with the fact that she has a real Christopher waiting on her. And you know what? It's my personal opinion that eventually she'll come back, man. You, you, I just think she's going to come back. No different from a bird or a cat that went, got lost for a couple of days. And you're like, what the, where's my cat? Come back three days later with lint on the, in her hair, you know, got a little limp. But they just missed that protection that was provided. And I think that's what Christopher did effectively. He provided a space of comfort. Um, and what he needs to do, though, what he needs to do, though, is he needs to listen to what she's saying. Not hear, but listen. And then he also needs to make he, he needs to be modifiable. He needs to change his behaviors. If you're providing that protection, that's the good part. Here's the thing. You're squeezing too tight. And that's what he needs to change. And I hope he does, because Marisol is a very beautiful person. Now, my my um, my opinion on her has swayed drastically. <laughs> OK, because I, I painted her as an angel. She's not that. OK, but 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 she is still a sweet person. And I really uh, enjoy watching her. OK, for, for several reasons. Now, uh, we've already talked about um, Hall and Caitlin a great deal. And I'm not going to retread because I, I don't want to waste your time. I'll just kind of summarize my points. Just saying Hall is a, a douchebag. For this move, I think he ultimately has good intentions, but I think Caitlin calls a spade a spade. A lot of what he does is self uh, gratifying. He doesn't care about her like sh like he should. This is a beautiful woman. I don't care if you know Michaela is you know the most beautiful woman in the world. Some women just deserve uh, uh just all women deserve respect. But when I look at Caitlin, man, she's she's such oh my gosh, she's such a um what do they call him? She's just a rare individual, you know. You're talking about a woman who's on a show called Temptation Island. She's being pursued by two guys. Sebastian is rippled with muscles. He has an eight-pack. You got Mike, who's the most compassionate guy I've ever seen. I'm like, bro, are you trying to be in a friend zone? Like, if you look up friend zone in a dictionary, you're going to see Mike. I'm like, Mike, you 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 overdoing the friend zone. Like, he's, like, culling her. He's coming. He's talking to her in her ear. And, like, he's, he's doing all the things you're not supposed to do. I'm like, yo, Mike. She's not your girl, bro. You're treating her like your girlfriend. Fall back. That's going to actually make her not like you. Right. She's going to go for the bad boy Sebastian. She's just too nice. You're doing everything right. Fall back, Mike. And she's being pursued by both of these guys. And not until this episode did she finally share a kiss. You want to talk about loyalty? Man, let me tell you something. If you get a beautiful woman that you can trust around hot guys that's trying to tear her down and she doesn't she barely even gives them a, a, a wink. When you find that, what do you trade that for? Help me understand. What do you what do you trade in? I don't know. Every guy, everybody has different, you know, viewpoints. But what do you trade in a partner that's loyal and attractive and meets a lot of, you know, the things you find physically attractive, attractive, what have you? What do you trade that in for? What's more valuable than that? Help me under, help me understand. Okay, because according to Hall, what's more valuable than a loyal and beautiful uh, partner is a young one that's naive. I'm done.